Coming up, the Degenerates provide their favorite character in a movie who is not the main character, and a small but oh-so-mighty weekend of games with conference championships galore on an all-new Giving the Points podcast, now. Welcome back to another edition of Giving the Points podcast. I am your co-host, Jeff Cox, alongside, as always, is my fellow co-host, Jason Osho Odell, how is the weather up in your neck of the woods, my buddy? The weather has been uh, very snowy. Um, it's started snowing this morning. We've got a, we've got what my wife thinks is nine inches of snow, which in reality is three inches. Hey. So uh, I'll tell you, find yourself a woman that doesn't know math or units of measurement, and you'll live a long, happy <laughs> life. So yeah, how about that's you? A, that's- uh, well, you know, I'm going to go with an old joke. Chili today, hot tamale. That's a dad joke. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I think Tony Soprano once said that in one of the episodes of Sopranos, uh, in his, uh, his time as a dad. So, thank you, did. uh, yep. Good to have you back on. And I'm so thankful to have these, uh, big games, finally, some championship games coming up this, this nice weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday. It's going to be jam packed. So let's get right to it. Let's start with some tales from the oval felt or poker stories. Give it to me. You know, uh, poker uh, was was short lived this week. I sat down for about an hour and a half. I sat down at a table that didn't have a lot of money at it. I think the most most money at the table was about three hundred bucks, and I I had a bad migraine, so I sat down with about two fifty, worked myself up to about four. Um, I got dealt a king and a ten of clubs. Uh, 25 was the the buy-in so i think there was about five people in and the 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 flop hit king five jack of clubs king not a club obviously already had that so i got two clubs i've got king with a pretty good kicker top pair guy pushes in 30 i raise it to 60 he shoves all in for 180 i think it's what he had in front of him and uh, I quickly called. He turns over a, a jack and a five with two pair. Could not hit the club. Um, mm. So we lost. And, and with my head pounding the way it was, I said, it's probably a good time to get up and go back to the Ponderosa. So that's what we did. Short-lived. <laughs> but you know, when you, that, that's one of those poker stories to where we always talk about the winners. And this one caught me. I had a lot of outs to hit my hand. You know, when, you, when you've got a uh, 35% chance of hitting your your club card, and then you you throw on any pair, another another one of the tens or a king, and you're a winner, and you just don't hit. It just you know got my money in when I had the best hand at the time, and you had to move on with your with your business. So that was kind of my week at the poker room. Yeah, and it's nice. Uh, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but you know it's nice to hear the downside sometimes because too often we hear a lot of positive trips, and uh, it's it's realistic and, and lifelike to have those type of negative trips. So. Oh yeah, it'll be better for you. You've you've had more positive than negative, from what I can hear. Oh, certainly. We'll we'll be back Friday night for another uh, episode. Yep. Now, um, any type of wagering stories from this past weekend of action that you want to share? Because I've got one that I noticed. I'm trying to find the details on it here online. You know what? Did did you notice the bad beat on the the Ravens Brown Browns game Monday night? I don't believe so. Give it to me. All right. So the the Browns were a three point underdog. They are down by three points with twenty seconds left. 
and they get the ball and they've got a, they got an opportunity to run one play. So hmm. they, they, they trot Mr. Mayfield out there and he throws a, a, a pass to the outside and they start lateraling the ball and they lateral hmm. the ball back to the end zone for a safety. And it, I did see that. Yes. And it, it wow. cost uh, in actuality, it actually cost Vegas money because not, they didn't have to pay out on any of the bets, but they lost all the Baltimore money line bets. And there was a lot of, a lot of money line bets on Baltimore just winning the game. Mm-hmm. So Vegas lost, but it, it, uh, it, it, it helped them out quite a bit on the, uh, the other piece of it, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. I think I saw something show up on Twitter where uh, they were given some sort of a satisfaction, uh, maybe a money back for uh, such a bad beat to whatever side of the betting um, that it didn't favor. I'm still trying to look at, I think it was DraftKings Sportsbook on Twitter. There was a hell of a parlay some guy hit. I think he put $25 down on an anytime touchdown score in that game. The Cleveland and who was Baltimore? Yeah. I mean, it was tons of, I think it was 47, 42, something like that. I think he hit all five or six legs of it. I think he had Kareem Hunt touchdown, uh, Nick Chubb touchdown, I think twice. He had Baker touchdown, I want to say, and then three others. And it uh, he netted like, 40,000. It was ridiculous no for a $25 way. bet. Yeah, maybe it was less than that, but it was in the thousands. So um, that's, that's just, yeah, that's what I'm always looking to hit is one of those miracle Hail Marys. Uh, that's that's pretty cool to see. It always uh, pops up on my Twitter feed. So, okay, so moving right along, let's get to our The List segment. So as a reminder, you can always follow our List segment choices at Giving the Points podcast on Twitter. And this week, we've decided on something very particular. I believe this is your idea. It is a favorite movie characters that aren't the main character. So I don't know if you would necessarily say it's a supporting actor or actress, but we're going to go with that long-winded uh, description. So we're going to do our top three. And if we got an honorable mention at the end, of course, we'll provide that. So um, give me, and I've got a particular area of... Um, I'm not trying to. I have a certain director that I've focused all my my uh, three movies characters okay. on. So, um, give me your third one. My third one is going way back. It's a movie I watched here recently again for the millionth time. I've got to go with Buford T. Justice, oh. Jackie Gleason, and Smokey and the Bandit. Wow, that is a hilarious movie. the The first one is just off the charts. It's one of my favorite movies top 50 movies mm-hmm. and Buford T Justice Jackie Gleason is just hilarious in it so that that would be my number three Jesus man I feel like I'm shortchanging myself I stayed in the last 20 25 years and I didn't that's 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 one of the movies that DeCosta and I used to watch in our drunken stupors in our 20s just religiously at like 2 or 3 a.m put on the bandit we put on the bandit we'll watch one and two because three sucks yep it's just joke 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 whether it's racist or not i mean jackie gleason just delivered man yes, I, that's did. a nice nice pull and you I know I'll, I'll, along, along that same lines the first cannonball runs really good too mm-hmm. true if you've ever yeah, seen I think, that oh absolutely man as a kid that was the coolest thing and the second one kind of fell off but yeah i'm a big burt reynolds fan so i'm good for anything him and Glees or uh Deloise were in together. They were always pretty good. Captain yep. Chaos. Yep. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to uh, delve into our uh, favorite 
bad movie comedies. Uh, that might be a nice little uh, list segment to go into one time. Yeah, that would be a good one. So, all right, I, I'm I'm going with all Quentin Tarantino movies. I'm a homer, I know, but I, there's so many he, his his characters are so in depth. The whole cast that there's so many to choose from. So. I'm going to start at number three, and I didn't put them in order. I'm just trying to choose which one I want to go. It's it's got to be okay. I'm going with Jackie Brown or Del Roby, the character played by Sam Jackson. Okay. I was going to go with Max Cherry, which is played by Robert Forrester. Rest in peace. He won an Oscar for it, but or Del Roby, for my money, is got the best dialogue in the entire movie. Everything is just perfectly said, perfectly said. All his quips, all his comebacks. Everything is cool about it, even though he's the biggest dick and biggest killer in the movie. So give me Sam Jackson's Ordell Roby for Jackie Brown. And what do you have next? Number two is easy. Cal Naughton, Mike Honcho, Talladega Nights. <clears throat> nice. That is another one of my top favorite 50 movies. It, it, it's, just, it, it, it's just hilarious. The whole movie is just hilarious. So now. That- let me ask you this. And speaking of Cal Naughton, played by John C. Riley, yeah. would you say that's his best movie, comedically speaking, or is there another one you have in mind? Put me on the spot here. Uh, I I would. I I think that's his. To me, that's his best performance. Yeah. You? I have, yeah, yeah. I mean, just think of the short list. I mean, I can think of some serious movies he was in, but. Uh, Comedically, that, that's got to be up there. That what am I missing? I'm missing something obvious. I know he's probably another Apatel joint, but um, we'll have to go back to that and maybe delve well, into his he stuff was in too. Step Brothers. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, I but, go I, but I don't really like I, Step Brothers. Is not to me is not a hilarious movie. Really, it's, it's funny, but it's not hilarious like wow. Talladega Nights is. Okay. Uh, that's where we disagree, but hey, that's why we have opinions. Just like assholes, we all yep. we all got one. That's very true. Nice pick. So I'm going to go with, and as I made my note, I put Cal Naughty instead of Naughton. So let me just abbreviate that so I can remember. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stay, of course, in the world of QT. And I'm going to go with Inglorious Bastards, Colonel Hans Landa, played by Christoph Waltz. I believe he won an Oscar for this role. It's just perfectly, again, perfect. Uh, dialogue and uh, playing a German Nazi. I, I mean, it was built for him. He was born for this role. So um, Colonel Hans Landa, Christoph Waltz, and Inglorious Bastards, and give me number one. Number one, Day Day, Mike Epps, and Friday After Next. <laughs> he is top flight security, and he is he plays a hilarious character, and it's, it's, it's very spot on. It's just I could watch that movie just for him, so that's that would be my number one. If I'm not mistaken, out of the three in that trilogy, if you dare we call it the trilogy, that's the Christmas one, right? Yes, that's the one where they're working at the mall. That's, yeah, that's and, in my Christmas movie rotation, and I yes. damn if I forgot about it. I got yeah. I got to put that on the next week. As we talked about a few weeks ago, I know you're not big on Christmas movies, but it's that time of year where I like to watch them. So. That, I, I appreciate the uh, reminder. That's a great movie, man. That's a great bad movie. Yes. Know? Yes, it is. Nice pick. So for mine, I'm going with your favorite movie, Django Unchained, or as I think you call it, The Django. Um, <laughs> I'm going with very, I mean, there's tons of cameos, tons of uh, roles in this this film outside of the lead, Jamie Foxx, but I'm going with 
DiCaprio's role, Calvin Candy. I was up on the I was up in the air about him or Sam Jackson's character. I forget his name um, in the movie, but uh, Sam Jackson was only maybe five ten minutes, and he was just ridiculous. But Calvin Snowball. Candy played by the, yeah. What was it again? Snowball. Snowball. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what uh, Calvin or uh, Django. That's what Django him. calls him. Yeah. So I just he is just per, outside of maybe. Uh, the most recent one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think this may be one of his better roles. Um, I don't think he won an Oscar, but he got nominated for one. So I'm going with Mr. DiCaprio, Calvin. I think it's Jay Candy in Django Unchained as my top movie actor that's not the main character. So, Well, wasn't that um, the movie that, that DiCaprio did win the Oscar for? Is it? I, I could be missing that. I thought he, he was nominated, but I didn't think he won it. I, I kept to go back and Fact check that one. I'm going to have to look because I thought it was. I mean, but but to your point, that movie had so many great cameos. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, no, it was the Reverend that he won the Oscar. Oh, for, yes, which is another great oh, movie. Yeah, I got I got drugged to the theater to see that unwillingly. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, as I walked out of there, I said, "This is this is a top five movie." So, thanks I to my, my wife for dragging that, me to that one because I really liked it. Yeah, that's a good movie to see on a big screen. I tried both big and you know small screen at home, and it's good at home with a good sound system. But just the the not to get too nerdy on our uh, uh, podcast here, but. It's just the the beautiful scenery and just the way the guy uses the sounds and not too overbearing music. It's just perfect. It's yeah. a great theater movie. So yeah, um, nice. Did you have any honorable mention or just stick yeah, to your guns? Yeah, I, I had three? I had one. Okay, um, Ellis Reddington, Shawshank Redemption, Morgan Freeman. Oh, perfect. That that is another one of my that is a top ten movie for me. I've probably seen that way too many times. It's just mm-hmm. a just a great movie. He plays a great role. I love his narration. So I, I had to, to give him a shout out for that. I'm going to stick in the world of QT again, and I'm going with my first dose of Quentin, and that's Pulp Fiction, the character The Wolf, played by none other than Mr. Harvey Cattell. Everything is precise. His direction, the, being a fixer, so to speak, uh, fixing the problem that Jules and um, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. Travolta and Jack- Jackson's character yep. uh, bring, you know, with the dead, the, the, the shot head of the kid. It's just perfect. The way he cleans up the blood, you know, pretty please clean the fucking blood up. You know, with sugar on top. It's just perfect dialogue. And uh, again, that's just all Quentin. So I'm going with Harvey Keitel, his character, the wolf in Pulp Fiction. Very good. Yep, so as a reminder, always go to our Twitter, follow us for everything under the moon that we talk about, including this The List segment. So we will move on. Next week, we'll have to tackle something sports-related since we're kind of going back and forth each and every week. So let's jump to news and notes. Um, we've got quite a few notes to go over. Um, you Go ahead and start with the two that you mentioned to me earlier before the show. Well, the first one was around uh, Art Bryles. The rumor on the message boards out there is that Art Bryles is headed to Liberty, and Hugh Freeze, our favorite Liberty coach, is headed to Auburn. 
Hmm. So I, I've, I've saw that a couple different places this week uh, and went and checked out some message boards and, and they're highly being talked about. So that's something for us. Maybe we could, uh, could latch onto here in the next couple of, uh, couple of weeks once bowl season mm-hmm. winds down. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I believe you had some news on what I think you had an urban rumor. What is the news on the Texas? Yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago on, on the, uh, the cast about urban Meyer's wife being in, in uh, Austin, Texas, looking at real estate and the AD uh, of Texas come out this week and said that Herman's going to stay. So that was some news. So Urban Meyer will be looking for another landing spot. I'm hearing a lot of talk around the Jaguars. I've heard that. I'm hearing mm-hmm. Detroit, uh, maybe him tackling the, the pro circuit. So that, that'll be interesting, interesting to watch. Wherever he goes, I will hate. So he, he's absolutely much hated in my house. So eh, might as well being a Florida coach for as many years as he had. I'm just maybe not just a dislike, but hate of, uh, the inferior team in my Kentucky Wildcats. So a um, couple of bits of information that we uh, piggybacking off your Auburn uh, rumor. Uh, of course, they fired Gus Malzahn after uh, eight seasons, 68 and 35, which is not too shabby. Did they now I was trying to look it up. Did they win the national championship with Cam with him or was it with someone else? Or would I, am I mistaken that they didn't win it? Uh, I guess one they won. I, yeah, they won it with Cam, I believe. I wonder if that was with him there. Um, but in the last eight seasons, he was he had a fairly good record, and they they bought him out twenty one plus million. So it's gonna be a hefty sum, probably just a drop in the bucket for SEC college. Um, Coastal Carolina, one of my adopted teams this year that I enjoyed betting on. Uh, they locked up their head coach Jamie Chadwell through two thousand twenty seven wisely. Um, South Carolina had signed Frank Beamer's son, Shane, and they dotted him to a five-year, $13-plus million deal, which is quite a bit, uh, being that he's a first-time head coach at only 43. Um, Illinois fired the Lovey Smith after five seasons. Of course, we saw that coming. They just they can't seem to get a good head coach uh, to help them. I mean, I, I, the last decent coach was maybe even, dare I say, Ron Zook. Yeah. Um, you being a Big Ten fan, I can't recall they had the last time they had a good season. Do you recall when that might have been? When I was a child. <laughs> that mean, far it's, back? It's been a long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been yeah. some time, man. Um, Georgia also looking to pick up a game this week. Literally, the Vandy canceled on them, so they're looking for an opponent for this week. So that would be interesting to see what happens on the uh, open week for them. And uh, finally, UCF's McKenzie Milton finally uh, getting through the transfer portal, has gotten his uh, chance to play with the Seminoles in Tallahassee for FSU. So he's got one year of eligibility, and it's uh, good to see him finally get a landing spot there after that uh, ridiculous last two years of injury. Yeah. But you're right, so, Malzahn did win the national title when he was there. Did he? Okay. Yeah, he did. I knew it was with Cam. I just can't recall if he was there or not. I'm trying to think who was there before him. I think it was Tuberville, was it not? I believe so. Yeah, now he's uh, on to greater pastures in the world of politics, surprisingly. So let's go ahead and move our efforts to our top of the mountain, bottom of the ditch. So as a reminder, we highlight one or two players or teams, for that matter, that did well last week in the action and the opposite side of the coin, players that did lesser. So who you got for top of the mountain this week? UNC. 
they just laid a beat down on Miami. Yes, they laid it to them, and they would not let up. I mean, they had two running backs that ran for over 300 yards. I mean, it was just chaos over there, and Miami couldn't stop them. And anytime Miami takes a beat down, it's fun to watch. So I had UNC. Uh, while I'm at it, I had USC as well. Hmm. So, you know, USC – they just continue to pull out late, late minute uh, wins, mm-hmm. and they're setting themselves up very nicely towards here at the end of the season. Yeah, they've got a they got a pretty what I think is going to be an easy game this weekend for them if they can just get it together. So the two teams I really liked over the weekend were UNC and USC. And I'm playing the role of copycat now. I've got to echo your sentiments about UNC's backfield. That duo of, uh, I just have last names here, abbreviated Carter ran for 308 yards and two touchdowns, and Williams scampered for 236 and three touchdowns. So over 500 yards of production on the ground and five touchdowns is insane. And their uh, dilapidation of uh, the mighty Hurricanes and the U. I saw multiple U's turned upside down, so that was pretty fun to watch yep um moving on to the bottom of the ditch who didn't do so well for you well we we have to address the elephant in the room and that is going to be shoegate 2020 what was wilson fucking thinking (laughs) i mean i get it you're excited and the most the most exciting part of that whole ordeal was the referee saying uh defense penalty Throwing the opponent's shoe 20 yards down the field, I, I lost it. I was like, this is unbelievable. I mean, I, I did not see that being a close game. No. I thought LSU would, would roll over. But at the end of the day, I, th- I thought, you know what, this, this is something that we'll, we, we will hardly ever see, hopefully ever again, is some cat getting a 15-yard penalty to cost his team the game mm. for throwing an opponent's shoe. So, I'll yeah, I, digress. That's, uh, I mean, it's, I didn't even look at your notes before this uh, program, but I, I have the same for my bottom of the ditch. I actually tuned in to the fourth quarter. I was hearing, you know, seeing text go back and forth. I'm like, all right, let me see what this game is. And it was tied up at one, or for the majority of the game. And I finally tuned in and saw the fog, and it was kind of a cool atmosphere, and it was all the makings of an upset, which, of course, it soon led to be. So this d- defensive back, I did a little research, Marco Wilson, as it was tied up fourth quarter on a fourth and six, got a 15-yard penalty from throwing the damn shoe of the Gator, or uh, the LSU player, um, after he put a tackle on him, and it put them in a position to kick that game-winning field goal and win the game in Gainesville. So uh, less than – kudos or whatever the opposite of that is to this guy i mean i don't know if anything came of it if it was reprimanded probably not that's par for the course there in gainesville so um yeah so, great job so what was uh, even funnier mm-hmm. what was even funnier to me was that somebody went out on instagram and twitter mm-hmm. and made a fake account uh of marco w- wilson mm-hmm and put his picture up there in a Gator uniform and called himself hashtag lockdown corner and LSU fans were sending this guy money (laughs) and Gator fans went on there and found it and were requesting money from him for lost bets. 
I saw that today That's on funny. TikTok or Facebook or something, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Some cat was talking about it. So that's, I thought that was pretty funny. That's beautiful. So that is, again, our top of the mountain, bottom of the ditch. We like to do weekly. And uh, I guess we're going to have one more set of it, I guess, for the bowl game. So we'll have to talk about that. Uh, let's move on to our college fantasy focus. Of course, our league, our 12-man league, has now come to an end with no season-ending uh, playoffs. We decided to do straight-up winners for second and third. And as commissioner, this came back to bite me in the ass. As we discussed, I so idiotically sent a text out as the goody two-shoe I was and said, don't forget to set your lineups, even if you're out of contention, bye, 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 bye. I was in contention out of four guys to place in the third top three. And what do you know? Uh, Schnitz decided to set his lineup and I lost by 100 points. Uh, so giving insult to injury, injury to insult, however that goes, I was eliminated from the top three. So um, on the other hand, uh, my lovely co-host here decided to have a good game and place in the top three. So uh, give us some insight to this past week's action for you. You know, for me, it was just making sure I picked the right players. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do anything special. I had a lot of injuries on the bench. And I, I ended up coming in, you know, I, I won my game, come in second place, and it, I was filled with regret. Mm-hmm. And the regret was is that the person that won the league was the person that picked up De'Eric King. in in the third round and I realized that if I would have picked up Derek King I would have scored 600 more points from Mm. one of my quarterbacks so both of my quarterbacks would have would have had over 3,000 yards um, for the season and put up a ton of points and I would have I would have won the league if I would have just picked Derek King instead Mm. of Charlie Brewer like I was supposed to and got sidetracked during the draft so uh, yeah, se- second place, did. you know, I, and, and I, I owe second place to myself. King of battle did a good job drafting. He, mm-hmm. he uh, stayed on top of it. He somehow, he ended up with Derek King and Mac Jones on the same team. He yeah. ended up with somehow getting Jarrett Patterson who ran for 9,000 yards and was scoring on one of his games, scored 88 points. And we've talked about it on the podcast before you, he, he just blew it out of the water he scored yeah. three, 300 more points than I did for the year. So kudos to him. And we'll go back at it next year. So as we um, tail off in this season, I wanted to look at something real quick regarding our draft results. Because as you mentioned, he had Mac Jones. I want to see where he was picked up. Um, I'm looking real quick at the um, results of the draft. Let me just, I know our listeners don't want to hear this crap. So let's see here. I'll have to go for it. Look, I think it was fairly deep into the draft. So, uh, yeah, he, he got damn lucky on that. Um, so, basically, I ended up 10 and 4 with tied with 10 and 4. Terry Parker's not so finest. He had the tiebreaker, even though I had more points than him. And, uh, you know, he beat me heads up this year. And you guys were 11 and 3 each, King of Battle and yourself. But uh, he had the tiebreaker as well. So, good for the tiebreaker. I uh, Good for me. I. Serves me right for saying I'll never, never say that shit again. So uh, first, second, and third, reminding me I need to pay out the winners. So I will do that after this show. So that is for the 
fantasy league. We'll look forward to next year. I'm certainly not going with the 12 team league again because I can't rely on people to, you know, two, one or two guys in particular, I'm going to have to drop them and just do a 10 league team. I think maybe even less than that. So we can have a more concentrated league, you know? Well, you get, oh, there's always that free money out there. As long as yeah, they're paying up, you know, that's true. But, uh, it just so happens the guy that, uh, didn't set his lineups for a number of weeks. I owed him a favor and I paid for his buy-in. So it's basically my money too. So uh, mm-hmm. that's a whole other podcast. Let's move on to our Heisman and final four picks. So um, we'll always post this on Twitter weekly at giving the points podcast. So remind us who you had for your final. We'll do final four first final four last week and your new final four this week. Last week, I had Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. This week, I have got Alabama, Ohio State, mm-hmm. Clemson, and Notre Dame. I think if Notre Dame keeps it close, they will get in as well. They're mm-hmm. undefeated. I think if Clemson gets beat, they're out. And you can insert BYU, Northwestern, USC, or Texas A&M. I really, and we'll talk about our picks here in a few minutes. I'm really smelling, and I hope I'm right. I'm not going to put any any money on a money line, but I smell upstate upset with Ohio State Northwestern. Ohio I sure State, so. I Ohio State hasn't played particularly well this year. Not like mm-hmm. Alabama has played, and they've been off for a couple of weeks. They're going to walk into North. Everybody's acting like this Northwestern team is not any good. Northwestern plays some decent defense, and it's just an odd time of year. It's been an odd year. So mm-hmm. if if Northwestern can pull that out, that's going to set the world on fire, and then you're going to see probably Texas A&M or USC get in. Um, so this is a really good weekend for us to, to really figure out what's going on. It's going to be an exciting weekend of college football. Absolutely, and we've got uh, 10 championship games, which we're going to have to uh, pause the programming and resume it here shortly so we can discuss our uh, choices. I, your your dear co-host forgot to do that, so uh, my apologies. But let's uh, my, I, my final four is going to be more of a hope, hoping that Northwest, Northwestern can somehow beat the Buckeyes, hoping that Notre Dame can beat Clemson again, that being said, I'm hoping for Bama obviously at one, Notre Dame obviously at two. Then somehow I see with Florida losing to LSU and probably going to get pounced in the SEC championship game, I see Texas A&M, based on their body of work, getting in there. And God forbid, at the four spot, somehow Cincinnati or I doubt Coastal Carolina are going to squeak in there to get that undefeated fourth spot. It's 2020. Something weird's going to happen. So I'm going yeah. and wishing for that. Um, more than likely, Ohio State's going to be in there, but one can hope. So um, that's mine. I want to go Bama, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, and Cincinnati for my four, hoping, of course, that OSU loses. So, No, well, think about this. I, th- I think, you know, w- we all hope. What if Notre Dame beats Clemson? Okay. Kicks uh, that they'll have two losses. And Florida somehow beats Alabama. Hmm. Imagine, and then Ohio State loses. Imagine well, the chaos then. How, how much chaos would that cause? Because Bama's definitely in, no matter what okay. they do, I think. 
I don't think so Florida's they, in no matter what they can do. Do you well, see it otherwise? Well, if Florida beats Bama mm-hmm. and Notre Dame beats Clemson, mm-hmm. given the Clemson two losses, mm-hmm. they're either going to have to put one or both in or bump both of them. And then that frees up two whole spots of teams that are on the cusp. Mm. It could be BYU. It could be Texas A&M. It could be a one-loss Cincinnati mm. if they play well this weekend versus I think they're playing Tulane. So Tulsa. I'm, I'm Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa. I get mixed so up too. I, I'm really hoping that that Florida can pull out Alabama. And Notre Dame just lays a beat down to Clemson. I don't think any, I don't think either one of those will happen. Yeah. But if we're going to hope and, and ask Santa Claus for something, that would be what <laughs> I asked for. If he's not going to bring me a, a Ferrari. No, no. You, the best next best thing is an OSU loss and uh, some yeah some craziness in 2020, which it's definitely been at least to say. So um, let's go ahead and shift our gears to our Heisman picks now. Before we do that. I tell you what, we'll do the we'll do what I see updated odds wise. So give me your um, three last week and three this week. Last week I had Trask and Lawrence. Okay. This week, I think it's a tight race. Mm-hmm. I think it's Lawrence. I think it's Trask, and I think it's Ian Book. Hmm. If if Florida takes a beat down to Alabama, which we think will happen. And Notre Dame can beat Trevor Lawrence. I think that opens the door wide open for for Ian Book to win the Heisman. I think he's got a good body of work. I think he's put up the, the numbers. Not gaudy numbers, but he will be taking Notre Dame back to the playoff. And mm-hmm. that means something, I think, to to the voters. I think it means something to the committee. It certainly means something to the AP poll and to the fans. So that's, that's kind of how I've got it right now. Got it. And that's a good argument. I think Ian Book's definitely got a chance somehow to get in there and squeak in uh, with this week's act. This is a, a huge weekend for, I think, the Heisman, which uh, I don't I can't really recall previous years, but this is going to be interesting. Last week I had Kyle Trask, uh, Mac Jones, and Devontae Smith. This week I am – Gonna go with because of the loss that 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 I think bodes very much so for the the Heisman. As weird as that sounds, I think one LSU victory over Florida at Florida uh, is gonna drop Trask down. I'm gonna take Mac Jones. He's the on the best team. He's the pro- probably the best producer on the best team. Uh, Trask at number two, and then Devontae Smith. I'm gonna. I mean, he's he's got the second best productivity in the country. I think this year. So I was looking at one particular website on the latest odds um, as of right now. It's got Mac Jones at uh, the lead dog at minus 180. Then surprisingly, Devonta Smith at plus 200, Kyle Trask at plus 600, which is a good to get your money in while you can on that. Uh, if Alabama has a down week and Florida has a good week or a good game rather. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence at plus 100 or 1100, which, you know, before the season, he was in the minuses and, uh, your boy Ian Book at plus twelve hundred. I might be good to throw a couple of ducats on, and then far behind, I don't see how he's going to do it. It's Mr. Justin Fields at plus yep. five thousand. So uh, let's go ahead and shift our focus to slate of games this week. Uh, before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. 
This and all of our podcasts are sponsored by Malicious Intent Apparel and Sports Memorabilia, where their loss is our laughter. Check them out at www.mal-int.com to purchase your next piece of comedic sports apparel or that signed rookie card you've always dreamed of owning for your man cave. Earn 15% off your next purchase when you use the promo code 15 on MI. That's 150MI. Let's go. So let's shift gears to this week's slate of games. Um, as mentioned before, very albeit very mighty slate of games. We've got 10 championship conference games and 22 total games. Uh, m- many of those just makeups from the previous uh, weeks having to reschedule because of COVID. So give me a couple of games you're looking at forward to watching this week. Yeah, there's, there's multiple games out there. I think to me, one of the most exciting is going to be uh, obviously Notre Dame, Clemson, mm-hmm. Alabama, Florida, those two I'll be locked into. Other than that, it's just free and up time to watch all of them. But those will be the two that I don't miss. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's uh, 4 p.m. Clemson, Notre Dame, 8 p.m. Florida and Alabama. So I'll definitely be uh, TV side for that. Um, now, I know it's a very short slate, but do you have any particular rating you want to give it? Because I definitely have one. Oh, I got an 8.6. Yeah, I I bumped yeah. it up this week. Absolutely, it's the best. I think this. Obviously, we have ten championship games. A lot of them are pivotal, making the final four um, going to be what it's going to be here in the next couple of days. So I'm going to give it nine dot two. By far, I think the highest rating we've had for myself and for yourself this season. So um, now, in our who you got segment, generally we like to uh, give you a recap of our thousand dollar fake bankroll that we were allotted before the season obviously yours truly mr cox uh bankrupt a few weeks ago and have given in to the uh mighty wager and mr odell so i will be sending you a whopping twenty dollars i did not want to rebuy we're going to do something different for the bowl season and for this week's picks uh so congrats to you first and foremost thank you sir I don't know if beating me is all that uh, important, but uh, it, between us and for the sake of this uh, world-renowned podcast, congrats and uh, look forward to it. Next year, we have to heighten the stakes here and hopefully get us a celebrity pick or two. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to use the word celebrity in very big quotes. Um, so let's just recap real quick. I don't know if you had a chance. Maybe did you get my spreadsheet? I just shot you. Did you get a chance to review it or not from last week? Yes, yes, I've I've got it okay. in front of me. It was... So shoot us your balance, the games, and uh, how you did, and what your ending balance was. Uh, let's see. We started at nine forty three. Took a beating over the weekend uh, on these picks. I did okay in in real life, but in these picks, we had uh, Wisconsin laid an egg. Oregon laid an egg. Uh, we picked the Duke FSU under, and they and, and Duke. I'm sorry, they had the they had the over in the mid second quarter of that Crazy. game. It was nuts. Yeah. Uh, we did hit the Memphis money line. We pulled yeah. that out. Uh, and Green Bay, uh, you talk about buying the hook. We should have bought three points because. Um, hmm. Green Bay won by six. 
And uh, they won by six. They won by six instead of the. Oh, seven. I thought they won by seven. My apologies, no, I, but I did that wrong. No. So I think they won by seven. We ended up losing about two hundred dollars off that, but uh, we were playing with with the devil's money at that point, and uh, we're all good in the hood. So we we start fresh, we win, and we get to uh, play some bowl picks now. Yeah, uh, the uh, stat checkers are telling me that Green Bay did win by seven. So oh, they did. It was a, yeah, remind me again because I don't know why the hell I'm having to ask this. What is that when you? It's a wash. They not cover, but no, it's a push. What? Push, Jesus, push. That damn four letter word. So I believe if my calculations are correct, which they often are not, you had a whopping eight fifty eight thirty nine from a beginning balance of thousand. So again, congrats. Uh, I was down to obviously zero. Two weeks now, uh, let's say, yeah, two weeks ago. So, uh, moving on to greener pastures, what we've decided to do this week is not so much throw some monetary values, but we are going to pick the 10 championship games. Um, so, we're going to go ahead and, of course, with the spread, um, we're going to go ahead and start with get these two out of the way because they have no, I don't believe, any uh, meaning to the final four. Um, so, we're going to go UAB. At Marshall, which I don't know where this is going to be played, Marshall's a five-point favorite. Who you got? I'm taking Marshall. Okay. Simple. I'm going to go with UAB. Um, what I've seen out of them, I, Marshall didn't impress me with their loss at home to Rice either last week or the week before. Uh, UAB has had to cancel a bunch of games, but I've, their offense is pretty potent. So I like even the money line. I'm going to have to put some real money down on UAB. Um, in their uh, Conference USA Championship game. Um, the next, we're going to the MAC Championship game. Of course, they had a late start this season, uh, about a month and a half late. Uh, we have Ball State uh, with Buffalo favored by 13 and a half. Who you got? You know, this one's pretty, to me, is pretty simple. Buffalo all day long, and I'll tell you why. Because Ball State gives up 432 yards a game. Wow. And Buffalo is averaging 510 yards a game. Buffalo is going to run wild on Ball State, literally. Yeah. So, Buffalo all the way. So, just to echo off what you said, this is the total points in their five victories they've had. 56, 70, 42, 42, and 49. Yeah. That's pretty impressive put out. And they got not just Jared Patterson, but Kevin Marks is another running back, and he did well last week too. Certainly. Um, yeah, I got to go with Buffalo too. Until they have anybody give them a chance, Ball State is very inferior. Um, although they are 5-1 and one so far, I'm going taking the 13-and-a-half. Give me Buffalo. Um, the next game I have in line here is the Sun Belt Championship game. That has Coastal Carolina minus three and a half against UL Lafayette. Who you got? Coastal Carolina. Okay. I mean, three and a half is not a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that the Raging Cajuns are putting up some points. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, Coastal Carolina has showed a lot this year, and they're going to cover that three and a half. I think it's pretty simple. They just played about a month and a half ago with Coastal Carolina winning 30 to 27. Um, I like the three. I, I like three. I don't like three and a half. I like Coastal Carolina a lot, although Lafayette's had a tremendous year. I think if I bet real money, I'm going to buy the hook, uh, which I've been accused by DaCosta of doing all too many times, uh, which he likes to say, fuck your hook. 
so I'm going Coastal Carolina. I will buy the hook minus three. The next one, we're going to go with the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis, Indiana, where Northwestern is a 21-point underdog to the mighty Ohio State Buckeyes. Who you got? You know, this one, uh, I, I said earlier, uh, I hate to always go chalk. I'm going Northwestern. I love it. I I, I just got a feeling about this game. Now, if you're mm-hmm. gambling off what I'm saying, don't put a lot of money on it. <laughs> but I got a hunch about this game. I just yeah. do. I could be wrong, but it's, it, it's time for an upset. It's yeah. time for a huge upset. And I, I I, think Ohio State, like I said earlier in the show, they have had a shortened season. They haven't looked over the top good to me. They haven't played a very strong schedule as the schedule's played out. And, I mean, neither is Northwestern. Right. But but it is the championship, and I think Northwestern sh- sh- halfway shows up and gets off the bus. So I'm I'm going to go with Northwestern, just not not to go with chalk. Yeah, I'm hoping the same. Um, this is probably the wrong way to go. I'm I'm going to take the 21 and take Northwestern. If it moves to 21 and a half, even better. Um, I'll certainly welcome the hook, and hopefully they lose by three touchdowns. But uh, yeah, I just want – it's 2020. I think something crazy is going to happen. So, I will take the Northwestern Wildcats plus 21 in the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, not to frighten you, but OSU did beat Northwestern barely last year, 52-3. Uh, to three. But we yeah. will move along to our next game, the Big 12 Championship, where it slates Oklahoma minus 5.5 over Iowa State in Arlington, Texas. Who you got? This one's a tough one. You know, Oklahoma has been has played fairly well as of late, but I'm taking Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm give me the I, I will take the five and a half, and we will hope. Yes, this is another one where I like the money line. Iowa State. I mean, although Oklahoma had a very very rocky first few games, um, they bounced back and had a pretty good offensive output in the last few months. I like Iowa State a lot. Um, I'm going to take that five and a half, and I'll even take the money line. So uh, we're both going Iowa State in this case. Let's go to the ACC Championship in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Again, rematch of previous game a few weeks back. Notre Dame as a ten and a half point underdog to Clemson. Who you got? I think those ten points are a bait bet. Hmm. I think a lot of folks are going to jump on Clemson because they have Trevor Lawrence. And I look at it like this. Notre Dame is going to come in hungry and pissed off. And they're going to use those 10 and a half points to their advantage before the game even starts. And when Trevor Lawrence was out, their backup played very well. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Clemson didn't lose because of quarterback play. I'm taking Notre Dame to cover the ten and a half. I like it. Um, I too will do that as well. I think there's a chance Clemson is going to win, but it's going to be tight. It'll be a three to four point game, um, even with Lawrence back playing this time. They didn't have him last time. Although DJ, whatever the hell his name is, did very well um, in South Bend. Um, yeah, I think ten and a half is way too many points. Uh, I'll take Notre Dame as well. Ten and a half. 
Let's move on to the mighty, mighty Mountain West championship game at a site to be determined. San Jose State is a six and a half point dog to Boise State. Who you got? You know, I think San Jose, the be- San Jose State is a better team. I think they have a better offense, but what they don't have is experience. Mm-hmm. BYU, I'm sorry, Boise State is poised to play in games like this. Mm-hmm. They've done it before. Give me Boise to cover. Okay. I'm on the other side of the coin. I think Boise's been slipping a bit this season um, at a neutral site. I, if it's not going to be in Boise, I like San Jose State. Uh, it's a weird year. They're 6-0. Boise's 5-1. and Although Boise did upend them 52-42 last year, I think in the championship game, um, I'm going to go with San Jose State plus six and a half. Let's move. We got two more here uh, to the American championship game, and then we'll do the the big boy. Uh, Cincinnati is a 14 point favorite at home um, versus Tulsa. Who you got in this one? You know, this is a this is always a one of those games. It's a battle between what I want to happen versus what I think will happen. Hmm. I think Cincinnati will cover, but I think Tulane's got it Tulsa. enough. I'm sorry, Tulsa's <laughs> got enough to keep it close. Yeah. So, so give me, give me Tulsa. Yeah, I think Tulsa's defense is going to show up. They're one of the better defenses in college football. Although Cincinnati's one of the better offenses in college football. Um, if I were, I'm going to go Tulsa, uh, getting 14 points. Even that, though it's at Cincinnati, I think it's going to be if Cincinnati wins. Um, it's going to be low scoring, more low scoring than they're used to. Uh, I think it's going to be about a 10-point game if they do end up winning, but I'll take Tulsa plus 14, and for added measure, I'll take the under, which is 45-and-a-half. Now let's go to Atlanta, to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium with Alabama, a 17-and-a-half point favorite over the mighty Florida Gators. Who you got in this one? Alabama all day long. Florida's going to come in with her head down. Alabama is going to show no mercy. Saban has been waiting all year for this game. They always show up. Alabama's always prepared. Florida's going to come in, like I said, with their heads down. And Alabama might not punt in this game. They just might not punt. So if you can find a over-under on Alabama punting, take the <laughs> under. You know it's out there. Some degenerate websites got tons. That's it's probably a common bet for them. So I, I like where you're going on this one. It's it's for my Gator hate. I'm a Kentucky fan, unfortunately, for football and unfortunately for basketball, but that's another podcast. Um, yeah, I'm going Alabama, 17 and a half. I think it's going to be a lot more than that, perhaps 28. Last time these guys played, uh, four years ago, but Alabama beat them 54 to 15, uh, 54 to 16. Um, four years ago. So, yeah, I, I think Florida has got their, their head in their hands um, from that surprise victor loss at uh, home last week. So I'll take Alabama as well. So we'll post our picks for this week on Twitter at Giving the Points Podcast. You can follow along and see how bad we really are. Um, so anything else gambling-wise you want to discuss before we move on to our fucktard of the week? No, no gambling. We're, we're squared away. Let me also let's I tell you what we'll do a fuck hard at the end. I do want to mention in TV movie pop culture recommendations, not so much a recommendation, but something f- 
that uh, caught my eye was very interesting. Do you know the app called Cameo? Are you familiar with this? No, uh uh-uh. Okay. You can purchase a celebrity, a sports figure, et cetera. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, they, they send you, yeah, like a little message. So are you a fan of the office? Not the English, but the American version. Uh, you know what? I, I have not watched more than four episodes of the office. Phenomenal. Wow. Okay. We're on opposite ends of the spectrum. There's a character uh, named Kevin in the show. He's, he's a dumb person in the show. That's his character. His name is Brian Baumgartner. He is scheduling to make in 2020 $1 million just from cameo bookings. And no this way. is probably on the slate, the cast of The Office, probably I'd say the sixth to seventh most important uh, or popular person on the show. So imagine what the pe- people in front of him are making. So just uh, saw that on Twitter. It popped up and thought I'd uh, mention that on our pop culture segment. So. Very, Very interesting. interesting. So um, what do you got? Anything pop culture related? No, haven't turned on the TV except to watch football. Good for you. Good degenerate. So uh, let's go ahead and get to our fuck tart of the week, and then we'll put a, a cap on this puppy. Very good. So to me, the, the fuck tart of the week it, it can only be the NFL. Mm. As crazy as things were in college football and all the chaos going on in, in sports, I don't know if you caught this, but Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns is up for NFL man of the goddamn year. What? So, yeah. So I don't know what he has done in the last year, but the last time I remember Miles Sanders or Miles Garrett, he was ripping some poor kid's helmet off and smashing him in the face with it repeatedly on Monday Night Football. Mason Rudolph, Pittsburgh yes. backup. I remember it very vividly. He yes. was suspended for half a season. And now the NFL wants to trot him out there and, and give him a nomination for NFL Man of the Year. That is crazy. So give it to whoever you want. But to me, it just goes back to show that the NFL has zero integrity as a league. And if they're going to do that, there's no telling what else they're going to do. So I, I give it up to the NFL for being fucked hard of the week. Congrats. So with that being said, any closing words on this championship week? for the listeners of America and Germany. Let's just hope for chaos. Absolutely. I'm all for it. Let's get Cincinnati. Let's get Coastal Carolina somehow. I don't know how they're going to do it, but let's get one of those undefeated teams in the mix and see them uh, in the Final Four. So, I'll be rooting for Notre Dame. Yeah, me too. Me too. So for my co-host, once again, Jason Osho Odell, I am Jeff Cox, wishing you much luck in your wagering endeavors this week. And as always, good luck, good boxing.